Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's guest is with Amber Furman, who she's a success architect. And you may be wondering what that is. Essentially, it's someone who can help you see. <clears throat> Today's guest is with Amber Furman, who is an accept. Today's guest is with Amber Furman, who's a success architect that shows people how to position yourself to be successful. Success isn't something that happens just by accident or just by falling into. It takes a level of intentionality and a, a level of self-awareness of understanding where you are and where you need to go. I love my conversation with Amber. She's also a fellow podcast host. You got to check out her More Than Corporate podcast. She's got an incredible story. You're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Got another incredible guest from our PodMax event. You've heard me rant and rave about PodMax. It is the number one event online to meet other incredible professionals and get your voice heard for your business. You got to check it out at podmax.co. But enough about PodMax. Let's talk about the incredible guest I'm sitting down with today. Have you been thinking about how to not just grow your business, but how to position yourself for more success. You've been thinking about what things need to change for me to have the successful life, to design the successful life that you want. Today, we're sitting down with Amber Furman, who is joining us as a success architect. She's going to be talking about the steps, the tangible steps that you can be taking to actually shape and form the life that you want. I'm excited to talk to her. She also, here's what you need to do. You need to stop listening to this podcast. You need to go check out her podcast. I got all the love in the world for fellow podcast creators. She runs the More Than Corporate podcast. I already checked out one of the episodes. It sounds incredible. You need to go check it out. You can find it on iTunes or excuse me, Apple Podcasts and probably anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Amber, so great to have you here today. Thank you for joining. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Um, you touted um, PodMax, which is amazing. I absolutely love PodMax. And so I know that whoever I meet from there is just fantastic people. So I'm super excited for this. Well, I'm excited to be sitting down with you. And I, I realized whenever you were going to be my guest, I was like, I've seen her in the lobby uh, several times now. And so I know you are a podcast vet or excuse me, a PodMax veteran. And so it's great that we can finally sit down today. Uh, now, I, I did the intro and I talked a little bit about you being a success architect. You also, you do a couple other things. Why don't you tell the listeners, which I don't know how you have time for all these things, but I want to I give the listeners more perspective. Go and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do on a day-to-day on a -day basis. 
Yeah, I um, sleep very little. No, I, um, <laughs> I love what I do. I run a law firm here in Las Vegas. So I'm a licensed attorney here in Vegas. I practice criminal defense and immigration. And I absolutely love that part of what I do. There's so much about that that is the story of how I got into everything else, though, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, along my journey, I realized that there's so much more to life than being an attorney. Like my identity, my identity was tied so much into that, that I had to figure out how to shift and how to really find fulfillment in things unrelated to my legal career because man that's rough when like you're tying everything that you think is valuable to a career which was where the podcast came from yeah well I, i'd love to hear more about that because i think i think even that alone uh triggers something in us where you know it's, it's kind of like whenever you're meeting someone for the first time it's like what's the question we always go to and it's like what do you do you know and like that's so synonymous with our identity and who we are until we get to that point, whatever it could be age, it could be a state of life, you know, uh, a life change where we kind of sit there and we're like, okay, what am I separate from this career, this position? Or I even had somebody at a networking event, he introduced himself as his title and not his name. And I was like, okay, that was weird. Like, what's, what's your name? But that was like, in his mind was like, this, this is me. So talk us a little bit more about, you sort of had this moment of like, okay, hang on. I'm, I, I, I'm in, this is me as this position. There's more to me than that. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. I wish that it was as glamorous as you make it sound. It was um, <laughs> anybody who's going through anything like this knows that it's like painful and it sucks and, and you're redefining yourself. Right. Um, I always find it funny. I'm going to throw this out really quick. I always find it funny that people use like a butterfly to explain how amazing life can be because like, have you ever really looked at what happens when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly? Like it's awful. They like, it, they liquefy and they have to rebuild themselves. And like, you watch the cocoon and it's like thrashing. And I'm like this, I mean, it's a perfect analysis of the process, but people leave that out and they just talk about this butterfly. And I'm like, you have no idea what it just went through to get there. Right. And I feel like we're the same way. So um, I think it goes like all the way back to when we're kids, like I bet anybody listening could tell me to think back to the first time that they were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like we're, it's drilled into us. And so we decide what we want to be when we grow up when we like eight and then we focus on it in school. And, and eventually that becomes so much of our self-worth for me. I just wanted to be successful. And I found a way that made me feel like a six figure income and a law degree was going to bring me that. And I worked my ass off to get it there. And about four years into practicing, it was about 2016, I just kept waking up going, this cannot be my life. Like everything was supposed to be perfect by now. Like why does life still suck? And the last five years has been answering that question and fixing it. What do you, I mean, it's almost like, um, we just, my wife and I just watched this movie, uh, soul. We, mm -hmm. we, 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 we're mooching someone's Disney plus naturally. And so, of course, course yeah. And so <laughs> I don't know who actually pays the poor <laughs> who actually pay for their own sub, uh, but, uh, please pay your own subs people. I, I don't know if I just like totally glamorize stealing people's, uh, subs anyway. So we were like going through Disney and we're like, what do we want? Oh, here's soul. So we watched this and I don't know if you've seen it, but the guy, he, he's like desperately, he plays jazz music and he desperately wants to make it big, uh, on the jazz stage. And by, I, I, I guess spoilers. I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to be like totally offended if I ruin the movie, but, um, 
Can I, can I finish this example? Are you going to watch this movie? Well, I am going to watch it, but I've already heard like so much about the movie. So yes, I would love to hear your well, take so on it. I, I won't ruin anything. It's, it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty good movie, but bottom line, he has his moment. And afterwards, the person who set him up at the moment is kind of like, why aren't you more elated or excited? And he goes, I, I thought it would feel different. Like I thought it almost like, I thought that would answer all the questions or it would kind of like scratch the itch or like it would give me this sense of, Oh, I, I made it. And yet there was sort of like this emptiness, not unlike, and not that you were empty, but not unlike this feeling that you felt of like, okay, I've made it to the position I want. Why does it seem like things just haven't quite fallen in line yet? Yeah. And, and empty is an amazing description. I definitely was empty. Um, it's really interesting because psychologically um, we build this model of what the world's going to be like through all of our experiences from the time we're born. We are constantly gathering data and we're creating our perspectives and we're creating our values and we're creating the things that are important to us and what we focus on. And when you tie your happiness, you tie your fulfillment, you tie your idea of success to this external accomplishment, you either spend your entire life chasing it. And at some point in time, it just gets further and further away. Or, and this is almost worse, you hit it. And when, and this is what happened to me, you hit it. And then your entire model of the world shatters because life was supposed to be perfect. Mm. And now it's not. And everything you thought about the world just disappeared and you have to rebuild it. And that to me looked like panic attacks and anxiety attacks and two years in therapy and trying to figure out who I was without a law degree, because clearly I wasn't living the life I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, um, I was presenting yesterday to a business and randomly I mentioned my previous, before I started my business, the previous company I worked with and I used the phrasing, it was my dream job. And as I said, those words, I could kind of see one of the, the people being like, well, that was your dream job. Why are you doing what you're doing now? And it got just in the last like 24 hours, I've been thinking about how strange it was that I got literally this dream job. But then I remember being on my patio after work feeling so frankly, sad and empty and discouraged. And like, why does this, why does this feel so unfulfilling? So I guess my question to you is if, if the, if the answer isn't, I finally got the job I wanted, wh where do you find that sweetness of life or that fulfilling feeling of life? I mean, where do we, where do we put that in? So I think, and I'm really sorry to um, make this so vague, but I think we create it, right? One of my least favorite statements on the planet is do what makes you happy. I think that you have to choose to be happy first, and then you have to do the things that fall in line with that. I was sitting at an event in November um, of last year, November of 2000. I guess, 19. So two years ago. And um, somebody from stage said, I wish people would stop focusing on the career that they want to have and focus on the life they want to have and see what gets them there. Mm. And I thought that's the problem. We don't talk about what we want. I've never heard somebody say, I want to make six figures because they wanted to carry around a bucket of six figures. Like they don't want to carry around the money. They think it's going to bring them something. Mm. So understanding what they think that money brings them? Does it bring you freedom? Does it bring you respect? Does it bring you like, what is it that you think a six figure income is going to bring you? Cause I promise it's not whatever the answer to that question is, 
this money isn't going to do it. So what do you think this goal that you are, this outside goal that you're creating, what do you think that's going to bring you? And then how are all the ways that you can find that now while you get better every single day? Um, The other side of it is I talk to people all the time about defining what success means to you. And the second part of that is giving yourself permission to change. I encourage my clients, my mastermind runs quarterly and it runs quarterly for a reason because I encourage every single one of my clients to redefine their idea of success or reevaluate it every single quarter. Well, I love that. And I, you're talking about a level of introspection that I don't know. It's so good, but I don't know how much space we give ourselves to have like it's it's almost like you're you're grinding and you're pushing and you're pushing to get the job or get the promotion or get the salary and then you finally get it and you've never actually put any thought into a what comes next and b again your identity separate from that thing is it is it because we're too busy is it because we just don't know how to look in a mirror and like really think about where we fit or where we're going in life i mean what do you What do you think is going on there? So, I mean, it comes down to the way that our values are formed. So um, unconsciously, so we have your conscious mind and we have your unconscious mind. Your conscious mind is about 10% of everything that happens in your life. And most of the time, it's the only thing people know of. And then you have this unconscious mind and it's where all your values are formed. It's where all of everything that's happened in your life is stored, where your limiting beliefs are created. It's what runs your body. It's the reason we can have this conversation and not explode because we're trying to make our heart beat and blink our eyes and like do all this stuff at the same time, right? So if sociologically, there's, um, it's been, I guess, proven, however people prove sociological concepts, that from zero to seven, we're being imprinted in our unconscious mind. We're understanding, we're taking in everything that we see, we're taking it in as fact. From about the ages of eight to 13, we start to take all those facts that we've gathered and we start to model the people around us. And this is where we really start to build our perspective of the world, of what's possible. And then from about the ages of 14 to 21, we take all of that that we know about the world and about ourselves. And we go into, what is this about junior high? We start to hang out with our peers. We start to socialize. We start to figure out where we fall. All of these things together create our values. It creates what we think is possible in the world. It creates our perspective. And that's all we know until someone comes along and changes it. So somebody who's raised in a family where Um, dad's always negative or mom's always negative, or you always work a nine to five. This is the only life, you know, that's all you, you don't know what you don't know about the world until somebody shows you that there's a better life, that there's a different way to do it. Somebody who's raised by an entrepreneur or by a author that loves introspection is going to have this much bigger um, broader perspective of what's possible in the world. So growth of all kinds comes from first knowing what you didn't know that you didn't know. And the only way that you can know what you don't know you don't know is by surrounding yourself from people who are different than you, from getting outside of your circle, from joining masterminds, for going to events, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who don't live the same life you do. And then you get to see how they live and you get to decide, is that something I want? What pieces of that do I like? How do I put this into my, into my world? How do I grow? Well, I love your perspective. And um, I think that alone is a great challenge to the listeners is 
getting outside of your comfort zone and seeing those new perspectives. Because I remember growing up in a pretty well-off area, going to a pretty well-off school. And I remember someone I really looked up to, um, somehow like a, a inner city public school got mentioned. And I remember him saying, well, you know, those kids don't care about school. They don't care about their education. Um, not like we do sort of, you know, uh, very arrogant and kind of a gross thinking line of thinking. Well, then I became a high school teacher in the Houston independent school district. And, um, it's the sixth biggest district in the country. And the, uh, population of my students was like 98% free and reduced lunch, which is like the qualifier of uh, low socioeconomic status. And I remember now I was like, Whoa, this is a lot different than what I was told per se, or sort of how I had shaped my worldview. And I remember how grateful I am in hindsight of that experience because it, it gave me a different truth than what I thought was true. And it helped me shape my own perspective, right? Tell me what you think about today's culture that is so echo chamber driven, i.e. you get on Facebook and you look for people and Facebook even does this. It funnels you towards content that you are generally probably going to agree with, or it might even, I think I read a statistic that people who are in um, like really, uh, I don't know the phrasing, racist groups uh, were recommended. It was like 70% of them were in that group because they were recommended it by Facebook because they were trying to like match people together. So we have this culture that's very echo chamber driven, like-minded driven. Um, We don't always seek those new perspectives. How does someone have the presence of mind to be like, whoa, okay, hang on. My reality may not actually be what I think it is. I need to get out there and find some new perspectives. How does someone do that really well? So I think that there's two answers to your question that come to mind. I mean, there's a million different ways we could take this conversation, but I'm going to throw out two answers. Um, When I was, so part of my journey is running obstacle course races. And I loved that process. I found it in between my 2016 reevaluation of life and then finding neurolinguistics programming in 2018. I, I found obstacle course racing in the middle of that. And at the start line, the MC would always pump us up with about a 10 minute speech. And one of the things that he would always say was, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And for so many people, it was about that day, right? So many people were about to do something they've never done before. They were going to run this obstacle course race for the first time. If they'd run it before, they were going to try an obstacle that they had never tried before. They were going to make a PR. Like, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And I I took that into my life. Like, I don't Mm. care whether it's meeting somebody in the park and having a conversation when you normally wear your head your headphones and and actually meeting people. I don't care I whether it's I jumped off the stratosphere about a year ago. Like that was definitely something I'd never done before. I did their bungee jump off of that. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be this big crazy thing. But ask yourself every single day, have I done something today that I've never done before? Mm. Have I challenged myself in a way today that I never have before? And for so many people, including myself for a long time, that could be sending a Facebook message to somebody saying, hey, I see that you're on my friends list. We've never actually connected before. I'd love to get to know you. Like that's terrifying for most people because we're in a culture where you see your messenger go off and it's somebody you don't know. And you're like, what the hell are they trying to sell me now? Right. Right. Yeah. How can I put myself out there? But making those connections is huge. So 
Um, number one is doing something every single day that you've never done before. Number two, and both of these are uncomfortable. So sorry, guys, there's no easy answer. Um, is taking 100% responsibility for your life, hmm. knowing that the life that you have right now is the life that you created. And you get to create a different life by being intentional about every action that you take. And so many people that blame external forces for their situation. My dad passed away when I was 17. I, of course, I'm not responsible for my dad's death. I am responsible for the fact that I use it to motivate me instead of break me. I am responsible for the fact that for five years, I sat in a whirlwind and didn't know which way was up and completely sabotaged my life until one day I was like, I can't live like this anymore. That was an intentional decision that I chose to make to take my life back. So understanding that shit happens and you are 100% responsible for how you react to it, those two things together will change your life. Well, and just what a great, I mean, what a, a tremendous piece of advice because it, it's almost like we go through trauma and, and it's, it's not, not to discount the trauma. I mean, people go through really hard stuff, but it's tough to also, I think, develop the self-discipline of, and I love the way you phrased it, I'm going to take back my life and not let this break me. Um, I think that's challenging for all of us, especially when we go through that trauma, uh, many of it, of it being out of our control, um, actually using it to propel us forward. And something else you mentioned too, that I really liked, and I was thinking about that movie, uh, with Jim Carrey, yes, man, where he yes. has to say yes to everything, like for the first time. Um, it's really not that great of a movie, but I, I keep thinking of it for some reason, but I think about also not just trauma, but just, just pain when we try new things and how we don't always have an appetite for pain. Mm -hmm. So like a really great example of this, my wife gives me a hard time because anytime we go out to eat somewhere, I always get the same thing. And she's like, get something. And she's like this very like free spirited, like get something different, you know, what have you. And I'm like club sandwich you know, hold the, hold the mayo or whatever. And like, I'm ordering that literally every single time I'm getting that exact thing. And she's like, try something new, do something different. Well, so I, I try something different and then I'm a sourpuss. Cause I'm like, it wasn't that good. I, I, I totally wasted the meal, but I think we do that with first time experiences. We're like, okay, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? And we finally do it. And it doesn't pan out the way we wanted it to, or it's painful or it's like awkward. And it's like, I'm never doing that again. I'm, I'm swear I'm going back to my old ways. How much have you seen people or how can people develop that appetite for pain and discomfort and it not being what we envisioned rather than reverting back to old habits? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to intentionality. It's a very intentional decision to make. My coach and my NLP trainer has a phrase that is written on my wall. All right, guys, if you walk in like my bathroom, um, it looks like a dorm room. I write on my mirrors with dry erase markers and there's like crap everywhere. And one of the things that's written on there is one of the first things my coach ever told me. And it was choice is a powerful thing. Suffering is always optional. It will turn out the way that you expect it to turn out. If you go into a situation saying, this is going to freaking suck, I promise you it will. Yeah. If you go into a situation with an open mind and then knowing that no matter what happens, you had this amazing experience that you get to take what you liked from it and what you didn't like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every experience that you try is going to be for you. 
but now you know, and you didn't know before, and now you get to decide and you don't have to wonder. When I jumped off the stratosphere, I chickened out the first time. And it was my Tough Mudder people because when I, so I ran a 24 hour obstacle course race in 2017. And one of the obstacles on the five mile loop was a 40 foot cliff jump. And I was terrified of doing the cliff jump. And so my friends were like, you're afraid of 40 feet? Let's do 800. So they took me up on the stratosphere. And the first time I got up there, like you have to walk out to this um, platform. And the thing that makes the jump off the stratosphere different is you have to take the step. So it's not like a bungee where they like pull you up and then somebody pushes a button and you fall. It's a vertical zip line. But in order for you to activate it, you have to step off this platform and make the choice to like trust. And um, the first time that I went up there, I was like, I can't do this. I'm out on the platform. I'm looking around. I'm like, this is stupid. Um, And I went down and I remember thinking like, I'm going to regret not knowing And I went back up and I jumped and I loved it. I don't know that I would love it enough to do it again, um, but I loved it. And I would never know if I didn't do it. Like you get to, um, have you ever read David Goggins can't hurt me? Mm. So if you, um, you should absolutely read it. It's amazing. He, I think breaks the record on the amount of F words that are in one published thing. (laughs) So keep in mind, if you're listening to that, if that's not your jam, it may not be for you. Um, but he talks about military after action reports and he says, I do an after action report after everything that I do after every day, I do an after action report at the end of the day. What did I like about today? What was a success? What could I have done better? And I really try to take that mentality into new experiences. What did I like about this? What do I want to recreate? What do I want to take into my life? How do I recreate the feeling that I had here that I like the feelings that I didn't like? At least now I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm, the reason I'm a little stumped because I'm like evaluating my own life as I'm <laughs> listening to you. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, yeah. Like, what am I doing? And which is always a great, I mean, I've interviewed so many people. It's always a special guest, but I'm like, I'm like thinking about my life and I'm like, what am I, am I trying that the right way? Am I, am I evaluating my decisions like I should be? And so it, this is, this has really got me thinking. And I, I also want to ask you going back to our values and getting things imprinted on us. You know, you mentioned your dad passing away, but I'm also thinking I have an 11 month old and I'm, I'm kind of like freaking out a little bit in terms of what I'm imprinting on her, like the values that she's shaping is undoubtedly going to come from me and my wife. What's your thought on like parental trauma? I mean, I don't, (laughs) I, I feel like even great parents, even great parents, they give us the bad and the good. How do we, I guess, come to terms with um, our values being shaped in a way that maybe isn't ideal or us, you know, our perception of the world being shaped in a way that isn't necessarily accurate or even like healthy for us? How does someone go about one, recognizing that and then two, letting go of that and developing themselves into the person they should be or should perception they should have? So this is a, a loaded question. It's a good one, um, but it's a loaded question. So first of all, I want to say I am not a parent. So for everybody out here who listens, who says that's just not realistic, you're probably right. Um, I, I don't have children, so I want to throw that out there. Um, in my Do in you have my any experience, pets? 
I do. I do. Counts. I have a, it. Totally counts. I, it counts. Cool. <laughs> and it's so funny because when I train my dog, I tap into so much of my neurolinguistics programming training because it's the same thing. You're conditioning. You're tying things. You're tying an emotional response to a treat. So, you know, your dog sits down, you give them a treat, you tie good things to that activity, right? So training a dog is no different than helping somebody change their life. Um, to answer your question, I, if you can't tell, I'm a big believer in personal choice. And I think like the best thing a parent can do is arm their children with the knowledge that they should question things in their life. Hmm. Arm their children with the knowledge that they should be growing, that they should always seek out new information, that they should take information, analyze it, not take it for truth, figure out what it is that they can do, that they have complete control over their life. If you can give your child that knowledge, if you can help them understand that they have choices, that choices create results, that you're responsible for those results. And if you're not happy with them, then you get to make different choices that gets you through everything in life. Well, and I'm even like cycling it back to the aspiring entrepreneur who they want to see their business grow or they're, they've been hopeful for it to grow and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And rather than saying, excuse me, rather than saying, oh, you know, it's a COVID world, you know, nobody's buying although that is true for some industries, reshaping your perspective into, okay, what is my daily choice for how I'm going to impact my business, the decisions I'm going to make this week, this month, um, that, re that personal responsibility piece, it almost feels like it has to come from yourself because when, when other people charge us with that, I think we get defensive. Like when someone else is like, you know, you got to take control of your life. You're like, hey, whoa, you don't know what I'm going through. It almost feels like it has to come from within of like, yeah, I'm in charge. Uh, I guess if it's a trusted person, you'll take it. But in general, we get kind of defensive. But, but developing that sense of responsibility, it feels like it's really important for any entrepreneur in their business. It is. I haven't. Uh, okay. So I want to break down what you just said, because I think it's, it's really powerful and I want to push back on a couple of different things. So first of all, um, it does have to come from within, but I don't believe you can do it alone. Um, there's this um, phrase that we use a lot in the NLP world. If you're part of the problem, you can't be part of the solution. Like you can't mm. fix a problem that you created and the you that created that problem isn't capable of making a different tomorrow. So you need somebody who can help you understand, like I created this for myself, right? And this is how I change it because we all have these roadblocks. We all have a way that we see the world and somebody watching it. Like, have you ever had a friend where you're watching them do something and you're like, this is going to end up terribly. And it's like, you're watching a train wreck and you can't stop it. And that friend's like, I'm doing great. Right. Um, we need somebody who I, I always tell people, we need somebody who is invested in your success and not invested in your trauma. Mm. We need somebody who can step back, who can tell you the things that you don't want to hear. And then, be there to support you while you take the time you need to accept them. We need somebody who can help you understand that you created this life and you get to create a different one. And as much as our family and friends and the people who are really close to us love us, sometimes they love us too much to have that conversation. And sometimes they're part of the reason that we have the beliefs that we have. One of the most powerful things that changed my life, this, this training changed my life, not only business, but also personal. And it repaired a 
25 year relationship with my mom, um, a relationship where I constantly saw her as somebody who was expecting me to fail a relationship where, um, every time she did something, I was questioning what her motives were. I didn't feel supported. I didn't feel loved. I, um, for nine years, I didn't even spend a holiday with her. And, um, what this taught me is that everything that I perceive has something to do with me. And everything that somebody else says to me has something to do with them. And that I can't expect other people to fill me with things that I don't have. I can't expect in the relationship of my mom, my mom to love me enough to fill the void because I didn't love myself. Um, When my mom would tell me, so she's going to kill me for saying this, but um, when I told my mom I was going to go to law school, she told me that she hoped I picked a less ambitious goal because she didn't want to see me fail. And I tell people that and they're like, what a horrible thing to say. It took this training for me to understand that my mom loved me so much that she didn't want to see me hurt. And the Mm -hmm. idea of me taking on some sort of challenge that big um, was terrifying to her. And she projected her fears onto me. So going to the people that are close to you is sometimes the worst idea, but you do need a guide. You need somebody who can help you say like, you, you, you did this. And when you're ready, I'm here to help you fix it. It makes me think of a friend of mine talks about her nearly failed marriage. And she kept going to her relatives and close friends who were like, oh yeah, your husband's an idiot. You just need to leave him. Like, just be done with this already. And what she, the way she tells the story is she had a work friend who she was sort of commiserating with. And the work friend flipped it back on her and said, well, have you ever thought about like your role in all this? She was like, what? No, what? Me? I'm perfect, you know? And but, but having that person who sort of challenged her and then her having the, the humility of, okay, maybe, maybe I do have a role in this. Um, that uh, essentially saved their marriage. They have two beautiful kids. I mean, it's just a great relationship. But I think, I think that's a great piece of advice is finding those people who can be truth tellers. Uh, and then having the humility and graciousness, I guess, to um, take their insights. Amber, we are unfortunately out of time today. What an incredible episode. I'd love to give you an opportunity to share with my listeners uh, how they can connect with you and maybe even work with you. What can people do to follow up after this episode? Yeah, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved this conversation. Um, My podcast, More Than Corporate, um, we discuss topics similar to this, and I am sure that we will have you on the show soon. Um, And then I have a free Facebook community called Success Center. This is the best way to um, really connect with me is to go join that Facebook community, take a look at what's going on. I mean, I obviously have the masterminds. I have all that stuff, but I would rather talk to you guys about that in person if you connect with or virtually in person, if you connect with what's going on. So head over to Facebook, join the Success Center community, put in there that you heard about it on Blake's podcast um, so that I know where you came from. And um, let's talk and see how we can change the world together. Amber, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I've loved it. Amber Furman, ladies and gentlemen, and I will put the link to that Facebook community down in the episode description below. I'm also going to put a link to her more than corporate podcast, which you got to check out. Uh, This episode has been incredible. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you're at and absolutely leave us a five-star review. Hey, don't forget... 
we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash good advice. If you want to buy me a cup of coffee, if you're saying, hey, I love this podcast, here's a cup of coffee on me. You want to buy our guest a cup of coffee. Or hey, if you even want to have your business promoted on the podcast, you can do that all via our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash good advice. Thanks so much for your support. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later. See ya.